This is the Physical Activity Researcher Podcast, a podcast for researchers of sedentary behavior, physical activity, and sports. Join for a relaxed dialogue about research design, practicalities, and, well, anything related to research. Learn from your fellow researchers useful and relevant information that does not fit into formal content and limited space of scientific publications. And here is your host. Definitely, yeah. So uh, do you think that... um the techniques we use today in coaching, uh, uh, do you think that they um, rely on both of these systems or do we only use uh, the reflective uh, system? Do you, I, I, I also, I have just one, I think that um, as you said about the doctors who, you know, have all the knowledge, I think also that in in the physical activity or exercise business, most of the people who are, uh, you know, giving services or producing these services, they have a really positive feeling about physical activity and exercise. And they tend to think that everybody gets the same feedback. So how do you see these? (laughs) My comments. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's it's it's a that's a really uh, helpful observation is I think there are are a handful of challenges. And one is the over-reliance on information that we've talked about a little bit. And that's out there. I think um, that's, like I said, that's heavy in uh, the medical world. It's heavy in the academic world. What's a little more heavy in the the, the fitness world um, is sort of the, you, you've heard people say, no pain, no gain. Um, so a lot of people in the fitness world, yes, do have a, a great enjoyment of exercise. Also, it's a, it's a lot of athletes um, and a lot of people who've been conditioned in that no pain, no gain kind of space. And um, so I think the all, all of that um, has its place, but generally works against using the power of automatic effective evaluations, um, which I found more and more and more to be more and more and more powerful. And I'll give an example of this way this plays out. So, you know, my job when someone is sitting across from me is to draw out their motivation. And, and my ultimate job is to help them achieve, uh, achieve their wellness goals and form the wellness habits that they want to form. And so there's a pressure on a professional, whether you're a physician or a fitness trainer or a wellness coach uh, to have change happen, uh, to have to have improvement happen. So it's tempting, having been an athlete myself, have definitely you know been immersed in the no pain, no gain ethos, um, being armed with plenty of information to lean on that. But what I know from experience is that my results with my clients won't be durable. If I pressure them essentially, or the word a psychologist might use is coerce them with information or the sort of no pain, no gain mindset. That would be with questions of, don't you want it bad enough? Or um, can't you put up with some struggle now so you can fit in those pants that you want to fit into, right? Um, That can get that person to do that hard workout they're facing in the next 45 minutes, but it helps them develop a less favorable relationship with exercise. And 
I say 10 times a day, at least the word sustainable. To me, I'm not doing my job if I don't set someone up for really long-term, really lasting success. I think that uh, self-care skills, learning to eat well, learning to exercise well, learning to take care of ourselves in general is something that all of us have in us and all of us can learn. And the way I look at wellness coaching is using that ancient expression, I don't give people fish, I teach them how to fish. Um, I, I really think that any adult who's ready to learn this in three months or six months or nine months or a year can can learn how to do this without that pressure, that coercion. Um, they, they can learn to do it consistently. And uh, so I think it's a mixed bag uh, in our communities. I think um, wellness coaching is emerging as a field and uh, self people are becoming more aware of behavior change um, theories like self-determination theory. Behavior change is becoming part of pop culture with some of these books that are bestsellers now, like Tiny Habits, and I can't remember all the names. And people are starting to think more about how to work smarter, not harder with this kind of stuff and how to work with themselves instead of against themselves. And, and that's largely how I see utilizing automatic effective evaluations as a way of making decisions is it's using something within a person um, that is automatically motivating when you can tap into it. And I, I know I'm, I'm going on, I'll tie this in a bow by saying, because you asked an important question. It sounds nice. It sounds, uh, and, I, and some people listening could say it sounds too good to be, it could even sound too good to be true. So the way this works in the real world is no, I don't, someone doesn't sit across from me for our first wellness session and I say, uh, what kind of exercise do you love? And they don't all come up with an answer right away. <laughs> um, in fact, the, a common first answer is what they hate. Um, but that's helpful. Because uh, there's a sometimes people think they need to do what they hate, and when someone starts to say, "I hate running," it hurts my knees. I just hate running. That's information, and and I'll have a follow up question. So what's what's something that might give you some positive benefits of exercise that wouldn't be like running at all? And that gives them permission to answer a question that they're often not asked because they've they've really been thought been thinking been conditioned to think that. It needs to be painful in some way, either physically painful or or boring or something, right? And but when it open start to open the door to this question, they might say, "Well, well, I've always loved to to hike in the woods, but you know, will that help?" You know, they they question, and then you can. That's a nice place to ask their permission to add some some education and share with them, you know. Pull, pull a piece of data out that people who walk 30 minutes a day, four times a week, you see improvements. And, um, and then they start to have an intersection between the information that is useful and, oh, so there's something that that's beneficial. And yeah, if I knew I could hike in the woods with my dog and that would help me lower my blood sugar levels, I think I could do that. Um, so it's, it's, it's not about somebody going from sedentary and with a mindset that they hate exercise to exercising four times a week and loving it. It's about incremental steps, you know, finding small openings to something they, they might enjoy. Um, 
yeah, go ahead. Yeah, definitely. I couldn't agree more with you that taking these small steps, and I guess um, this is the way also to build because uh, to have this positive uh, automatic effective reflection or kind of like a response, uh, this develops with time. Am I correct? And uh, so, you know, starting to get this positive feedback, you need to take small steps. How long do you think it takes for people to change this maybe negative response that they've had about physical activity or exercise into a positive? You know, it depends on the person. I think you can you can get openings almost immediately. Um, but I think most people within three to six months can can go from even being sedentary to exercise being something that they look forward to in their day. Might not be their favorite thing uh, ever, or it might not be yet, but it might. But it's something that they look forward to and they enjoy the the feelings associated with it. And um, there are a lot of sort of levers uh, a coach or other professional can push. So um, you can explore, do you enjoy exercising outside or inside? Um, and people sometimes have very strong feelings about that. Um, you can ask them, do you enjoy exercising by yourself, with a partner, or in a group? And people often have very strong feelings about that. Um, and then we're starting to put two things, a couple of things together, right? Because if a person says they get some enjoyment out of the act of walking and they get a lot of enjoyment about exercising with a partner, now when now they've, they're, they're um, amplifying that reference experience. So they go for a walk in the woods on a beautiful day with a friend. It simply felt good. And it goes into that older part of our brain as... I like that. Um, and when they come to the next time when they're thinking about going for a walk a few days later, they remember unconsciously that they liked it. And of course, each time that happens, it's it's deeper and deeper. So that's my that would be my encouragement to professionals working to motivate people to exercise is uh, double down on helping people make it fun. It can it can it can't be too much fun. So even if someone's developing a hiking in the woods habit with a friend and they come in for their third or fourth session with me, I'll ask an open-ended question like, can you think of any ways to make hiking even more fun? Uh, and you know, it, the answer will come from the person, but they might say, so far I've only used the trail in my neighborhood, but I'm starting to feel fitter and I've always wanted to hike some of the mountains in the western part of the state. Uh, that would be really exciting to to maybe work up to being able to do one of those. Um, so I just think that's a really, really good question is how can you make this more enjoyable? Join to stop the worldwide pandemic of inactivity. Are you a medical doctor, physical therapist, personal trainer, or someone else helping individuals in making a change towards a healthier, better life? Imagine a behavior change tool designed for professionals like you to help your clients achieve better results and at the same time provide you with more income. Fibian is that tool. It offers an evidence-based way for health and wellness professionals to extend their services into coaching. 
The only thing your client needs to do is put a tiny Fibian device into their pocket for a week. No buttons, no apps, no Bluetooth connections, just a foolproof way to get scientifically accurate data easily. The device collects subjective physical activity data from your client. Furthermore, it forms easy-to-understand visual feedback and lifestyle suggestions towards healthier choices that you can present and discuss with your client. An individual approach encourages and motivates clients to change their lifestyle patterns and gives you an opportunity to strengthen your expert status and distinguish from competition. Fibian helps you to educate and coach your clients through this change towards a more active and healthy life. Strengthen your expert status. Distinguish yourself from the competition. Order Fibian now at Fibian.com. That's F-I-B-O-N dot com. I, I agree with you on that. People, of, at least when I see people, uh, I'm, I'm a physiotherapist, so... Quite often, I have a feeling that people think that to get good results, you have to go to the gym four times a week, and then you have to run a marathon. So these, I don't know if it comes from marketing or, you know, from where do people get the idea that uh, a positive health effect would need like a full-time athlete's life. <laughs> so I think this is a belief that I sometimes struggle with. It's uh, not realistic to think that somebody who's been sedentary would, in a short period of time, turn into an athlete. Do you see that oh, with the I, people I, you work with? I talk about it often, and I don't know how much it spans cultures, uh, but I often talk about it. in the United States, we have two large groups of people. We have a we have millions and millions and millions of sedentary people. And we have a few million people who do the things we're talking about, marathons, triathlons, CrossFit. And they're what are celebrated in every form of pop culture as a happy, healthy person, a fit person. That person's living a wellness lifestyle. And this is from a behavior change perspective, this creates a big problem because um, what you want in behavior change are small gaps. That creates a very, very, very large gap. And um, it's super that and that's a it's a deep cultural cultural thing. We have a saying here in the States, go big or go home. Um, so when people think they want to do something, I want to get in shape, I want to start a business, um, there's a lot of pull toward, well, just having a business that would uh, make you a living and help you sustain your family and would be enjoyable and beneficial to your community. That's not enough. Like you got to be, you got to be the next Bill Gates, right? Um, and, and people feel the same thing around, around fitness that uh, someone could be in a, in a pretty regular position. They have 20 or 30 pounds to lose. Um, their biometrics are um, not alarming, but they're starting to rise. And that's the, the switch that often flips for that person is, well, now it's time to, to run a marathon. Um, and for some people that works. For others, it's uh, too much psychologically. And as a physiotherapist, I'm sure you see this, it's often too much uh, physiologically. Um, and, and that's a challenge too. Uh, yeah. As a, in my work, I see that this... I think in sometimes in media it's uh, 
you know we've all re- we've all been reading these stories where somebody ran like an ultra marathon with two months of exercise or you know something like this or just um and i think these are not such great stories because usually it it really they forgot to mention that the same person maybe was an athlete like years ago or they usually have a background a really athletic background and then there might be maybe a few years of more you know passive life but it's because it's almost impossible <laughs> to run a, an ultra marathon if you've been sedentary your whole life in a few months and and this is something that is quite often uh, forgotten and then i i sometimes see people who want to do the same but uh, the starting point is actually not equal to somebody else so um there is sometimes this gap of information that you wouldn't see in a media article Mm, and and oh, it's very true. And there's there's a couple of pieces of information that I think are helpful for a person if they're ready, uh, sort of ready to hear them. Um, the one that that you might be familiar with is that people are people in the general public are extremely surprised. And I didn't know this. This this when I was um, teenager and in my early twenties, and I was really overdoing exercise. That was part of the the problem I was talking about at the time. But people aren't aware. There's robust scientific evidence that exercising at the very high levels is not only unhealthy, it's as unhealthy as being sedentary. And I'd be glad to to share that kind of, it really is uh, what researchers call a U-shaped curve. So being sedentary and doing marathons every year is associated with a level of well-being and longevity. And the bottom of the U, where the where the best well being is, is uh, something like three to four, five hours a week of of, of moderate exercise, um, which is just such an antidote to that pull to the extreme. Uh, so here's that's what I why I I have a lot of passion around this concept um, because it's part of my personal life. It was, you know, I, I've experienced the overdoing it and the, the damage that, that comes from that. Um, number two, it's not even necessary. And then number three, it prevents a major behavior change challenge. Um, the second piece of, I, I suppose, data that's really helpful, you're probably familiar with the popular book and the whole concept of the blue zones. Um, these are the places on earth with the longest living people. I think there's, I think there's five zones. And, um, when you look at the lifestyle of these folks, um, they're not even doing what we call exercise. Uh, if I remember reading right, um, many of these cultures don't have a word that we would, they, they don't have a word in their language that is like exercise. They, if I remember right, one of them has a word in their language that the best translation is something like community walk. And so they view it more as a break from work and being together. They don't view it as getting your heart rate up and um, breaking down your muscles so you can build it back up. Those are um, concepts, some some Western culture concepts, um, which is int- which is relevant to our conversation because a community walk sounds nice. Um, mm. Uh, right. And uh, yeah, yeah, I'd like to get there. <laughs> the idea yeah. that, all right, it's time for you to improve your, your well-being. What we're going to do 
you know, this is me putting on my exercise physiologist hat is we're going to break down your muscle. And here, I'm going to show you a picture of a broken down muscle cell, and then it's going to build back stronger. And that's how you're going to uh, improve your well-being. To a, to a well-adjusted person, that doesn't sound that nice. Right? Like, <laughs> uh, uh, now, you know, of course, the, you know, that's happening even if we're not uh, deliberately doing that or if we're not overdoing that. Um, but uh, I think that the way the attitudes are in these cultures and they're getting the well-being results that we in the West want um, are, are some solid evidence that we don't need to be, we don't need to be no pain, no gaining it. Mm, definitely. Yes. And, uh, and the other, you know, you have told, you have said a lot that we should enjoy what we do when it comes to physical activity and exercise. I think there is another theory that, uh, you know, if you 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 have a physical mm, activity routine or exercise and you feel that you can develop in it or get better you know excel that's also a good theory which is more sustainable than just like burning calories approach sure. so that's something i i hope the science will look into more in the future also I'd like to see that too, Lisa. That's very interesting. I hadn't really explored that concept that we might call mastery, you know, getting mm, better yeah, at something yeah. as, as being motivating. What I will say is uh, I see some of the opposite effect of that happening. So in a lot of sports cultures, there's sort of a mindset of, uh, I'll, I'll say this way, this plays out with a client. I'll ask a client, um, what do you enjoy? And a not uncommon answer will be, I really like to play racquetball, but I'm not very good at it. And there's a cultural message, at least here, that if you're not good at it, that's kind of embarrassing. So don't do that thing. Um, whereas presenting it as an opportunity to learn something that you could get good at um, is another way of looking at these kind of things. Because, and, and to me, from my perspective, um, for the right person, even dismissing that idea that you have to be good at something in order to enjoy it and, and get the benefits of it. What I'm trying to say is it, that sometimes there's an excessive pressure to be good at things. Um, and sometimes that's not necessary. Definitely. Yeah. I, I totally see that it can be demotivating also, but maybe there's different people. That's right. uh, sometimes it can also be like, for example, we can maybe like dancing. You have a dancing course and you are actually learning something. So it doesn't feel like exercise, even though it is exercise. So um, when we're just like little by little coming to an end of our conversation, so uh, you have had great success with your clients and uh, many of our listeners are physical activity researchers, but also a lot of healthcare professionals and fitness professionals. Uh, what is your advice? How to uh, get good results with your clients? That's a, that's a great question. And I think um, the concise answer I would offer is delve into some of this behavior change information. Um, some of the popular books are helpful. Uh, Self-Determination Theory has a nonprofit website loaded with practical information and loaded with all the papers that support their theory. Um, and 
you're probably familiar with uh, motivational interviewing. I would encourage any wellness or medical professional who's interested in helping people with behavior change to start with a course, maybe a weekend course, uh, work your way up. Um, it's a very, very, very powerful way to make self-determination theory and other behavior theory, theory, change theories real. Uh, I think of motivational interviewing as bringing those, all those theories to life. They give you very practical tools for, for bringing them to life. Um, I think that's a, that's a good starting point for a lot of people. Thank you for that. And, um, you know, if some of our listeners would like you, you know, to reach you, um, and do you do online consulting? Where do you, um, you know, where is your practice and how could people reach you if they want to? With the miracle of technology these days, I do both. So I have a, a old fashioned local office here in, uh, in South Portland, Maine in the United States. And I also work with people via Zoom. So I, I can I can work with anyone anywhere. Oh, that's great to hear. And I um, I really encourage our uh, listeners to follow you on, on social media. I personally enjoy your posts. They're very informative and um, we will have information about how to find you attached to the description of this podcast. So Jason, I'd really like to thank you for joining us today and um, I would also like to thank all of our listeners and uh, we will be back next week with a new guest thank you Jason thank you for having me Lise thanks for joining us this week on Physical Activity Researcher Podcast if you like the show make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing or following the show on Twitter this podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. If you found value in the show, we would really appreciate a rating on Apple Podcast or whichever app you use. Or if you would, in a real old school way, simply tell a friend about the show. It would be a great help for us. We have a fantastic lineup of guests for forthcoming episodes. So be sure to tune in. Thank you all for your support and have a great day.